presented by Blackstone. Hey, good morning, playbookers. I'm Raghun Volan. It's Wednesday. Today, your post-game report from yesterday's primary elections. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Thousands of voters took to the polls last night, and the takeaways were many. The blocked political return of a scandal-plagued former governor, mixed results once again for former President Donald Trump and progressive candidates. But the most surprising and possibly most wide-reaching vote wasn't on a candidate, but instead abortion. It marked the first time since the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade that voters had a chance to directly weigh in on abortion rights. By a stunning roughly 20-point margin, Kansas voters rejected a constitutional amendment that would have given state lawmakers the chance to either further restrict or ban abortions in the state. Turnout swelled for the AP, quote, approaching what's typical for a fall election for governor. And the no vote did well not just in Democratic strongholds, but in conservative and rural areas, outperforming Joe Biden's 2020 vote share there. The result, as Politico's David Siders, Adam Wren, and Zach Montalaro write, quote, is a political earthquake with the potential to reshape the entire midterm campaign. Reporting from Kansas, our very own Alice Miranda Olstein writes that, quote, the vote also countered the narrative that the abortion issue is a bigger motivator for conservative voters and may signal a warning to Republican lawmakers across the country that the Roe decision may generate considerable backlash over the coming months and years. Quote, politically, the outcome is sure to reverberate across the country and bowie the Democrats' bid to capitalize on the overturning of Roe in the midterm battle for Congress this fall. It'll lift the party's hopes that anger over the Supreme Court's decision will matter more than concerns about inflation and President Joe Biden's leadership, allowing Democrats to maintain their narrow majorities on Capitol Hill. Sure enough, on Tuesday night, Biden issued a statement trumpeting the Kansas result and calling on Congress to, quote, restore the protections of Roe as federal law. In Missouri, the GOP breeds a sigh of relief. Republicans in the Show Me State were able to keep scandal-plagued former Governor Eric Greitens from staging a political comeback, as Attorney General Eric Schmidt easily won the Republican Senate primary nomination, effectively assuring that the seat will likely remain in GOP hands come November. Politico's Alex Eisenstadt has the inside story into the, quote, secret year-long campaign to thwart Greitens' comeback. It's worth the read in today's playbook, but here are some key moments from the deep dive. Top Republicans lobby Trump to stay out of the race. RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel and NRSC Chair Rick Scott, quote, went to Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate to meet with the former president. Other Republicans who relayed concerns about Greitens included South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, casino magnate and GOP mega-donor Steve Wynn, and Trump White House advisor Kellyanne Conway. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's political machine weighed its options until near the end of the contest when it quietly contributed around $6.7 million to the anti-Greitens TV Blitz, a previously unreported investment that helped seal the ex-governor's fate. Schmidt himself, quote, moved to block a Greitens endorsement by Trump by frequenting the TV networks that Trump watches. Quote, his campaign even booked appearances on Fox News that were timed to when they believe Trump would be returning from his regular golf outings and becoming, quote, a visitor to Mar-a-Lago and the former president's Bedminster, New Jersey golf club, where in meetings with Trump, he highlighted Greitens, past scandals, and called him a quitter, a word that Trump viewed as an insult, according to a person familiar with the discussions. There were a number of big primary results in Michigan, but the defeats of two incumbent members of Congress stand out. 
Peter Meyer, a Republican who supported Trump's impeachment after January 6 and didn't back away from that vote, was defeated by Trump-backed John Gibbs, a MAGA conservative and newcomer to electoral politics who denies the outcome of the 2020 election. Due to redistricting, the seat has become substantially more Democratic than Meyer's existing lines, and Gibbs' victory makes it a prime pickup opportunity for Democrats. In recent weeks, the DCCC spent quote $427,000 on ads boosting Gibbs' appeal to the GOP by attacking him as too conservative and Trumpy, an amount of money quote comparable to what Gibbs raised the entire cycle. Andy Levin was trounced by Haley Stevens in a member versus member Democratic primary for the nomination in a safely Democratic suburban Oakland County district. The race attracted millions in outside spending on behalf of both candidates, with the campaign taking on a vicious tone that frustrated many local Democrats. In Arizona, Trump has a very good night. Though Arizona's gubernatorial primary remains too close to call, with about 78% of the vote in, Trump-backed Carrie Lake leads Karen Taylor Robson by less than two points. Trump's endorsees effectively steamrolled their opponents in most other races in Arizona. Blake Masters, who's backed by both Trump and tech investor Peter Thiel, was declared the U.S. Senate primary winner by the Associated Press. And for Secretary of State Mark Fincham, quote, a poster child for election deniers following the 2020 election, won the GOP nomination to be the state's top election official. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. Biden will virtually deliver remarks at the first meeting of the Interagency Task Force on Reproductive Healthcare Access, with Vice President Kamala Harris, Attorney General Merrick Garland, HHS Secretary Javier Becerra, VA Secretary Dennis McDonough, and DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas also in attendance. Press Secretary Queen Jean-Pierre will brief at 12.45 p.m. The Senate is in today. The Judiciary Committee will hold a hearing at 10 a.m. on protecting election workers with testimony from secretaries of state and others. The Rules Committee will hold a hearing on Electoral Count Act reform at 10.30. One last thing before we get out of here, a mass-clad Senator Joe Manchin spoke to Senator Kirsten Sinema on the Senate floor for roughly 10 minutes on Tuesday afternoon, quote, animatedly waving his hands during the hushed discussion, per Politico's Burgess Everett. Later, Manchin spoke to Stephanie Rule on MSNBC's The 11th Hour about the interaction. The key quote, We'll just have to see how it goes, but we're talking. If history is any indication, Sinema will remain quiet on her position until it's time to vote, Burgess writes, which is leading Senate Democrats with no choice but to take a gamble and start the series of votes this week without having the final tally already in hand. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munabalan. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. What does it mean to invest? At Blackstone, investing is about more than just capital. It's backing visionary entrepreneurs and business leaders accelerating the growth of their companies, even helping one achieve her mission of empowering women, supporting scientists discovering life-saving treatments by investing in research and building better labs, and helping companies reduce emissions to create a more sustainable future. At Blackstone, investing is about accelerating growth for good. Visit blackstone.com learn more.